Hello and welcome to episode 878 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, January 5th. I'm your host, Paul Sporer, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year to you, too. You do anything fun? I mean, it's fun to, you know, hang out with, with Jen, and um, my sister lives close, so we were able to go over there without uh, without much incident. So, got to hang out there. Actually, we were back before uh, the New Year, though. Jen's, Jen's an early sleeper, so she did stay awake for it. She was oh. in bed, but <laughs> eyes were open when the ball dropped. So, that's like, a, that's a big win for us. First time we've been together for three New Year's, and... The first two, I had to wake her up to tell her Happy New Year. So uh, good good on her. But yeah, then I just kind of hung out after that for a little bit after she went to sleep. And uh, no, it was, it was low key. Obviously, we're not going out and getting wild with anything. So, um, but yeah, it was good good to see my sister and my mom. Um, and otherwise, just kind of kind of grinding through. How about yours? Uh, I took a nap from 9.30 to 11.30. And I then like I was back in bed by 12.30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, forget all this. Uh, yeah, I pretty much, like, saw the ball drop, you know, on the West Coast feed, obviously. And mm-hmm. went, well, this doesn't seem that much fucking different than 2020. That's what I'm and saying, then, right? Like, you I was know, back I was like, to bed, hey, yeah. This is pretty much still the same. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what, what's, the, what's, the big, what's the big kerfuffle here? Obviously, we know that... Uh, you know the calendar changing doesn't uh, magically make everything better, but we're certainly hoping for a better year overall. Um, seemingly, it can't be worse, but uh, let's not let's not <laughs> test things. Let's not test fate, and let's just kind of uh, take it day by day. And let's talk some baseball. So, hopefully, folks that uh, are getting their winter grind on, it's uh, it's about that time. And I know for some, there's still a couple weeks off. For a lot of people, the baseball calendar kicks off. The second the Super Bowl ends, um, but those of you who are diehards sticking with us, we got plenty of outfielders to talk about today. Uh, so let's just dive right into it. We got part three here. Got a bunch to go off of. I have shifted the ADP to um, from December first. I'd been just going with the default, which I think was November first. No, October first. Yeah, October first. So I, I shifted it to December first, um, and and we're. Picking up at outfielder, let's see here, outfielder 36. We left off with Will Myers, and now we're starting with Dylan Carlson. I got some prospects here, including one we did speak about, but I'm bringing him back up because his ADP has stabilized a bit. There was a uh, there was a super early pick of this particular guy that had him uh, really high. So we have Dylan Carlson, 139, Ryan Mountcastle, 142, and Dalton Varsho. He's the guy I'm talking about here at 155. You'll remember that he had like a top 40 pick. 31, yeah. Yeah. He's I, The guys that took him, you know, we, we talked about, reached out to me. He's actually in a draft with me yeah. right now. So Yeah, yeah. So he, he had reached out. We, we, we knew, you know, knew of the person who did it. I love him too, but obviously I wouldn't have taken him that high. Um He's he's really interesting though. So now he's living in the 155 range. That 31 is off the board. Uh, his min pick now for Varsho is 106. So we'll get to him in just a moment. Let's start with Dylan Carlson. A lot of prospect type coming up. Obviously the the goofy season, uh, you know, kind of put everything flipped everything on its head. 
He's plays 35 games, uh, and he was bad. I mean, there's no two ways around it. You know, he had 119 plate appearances, and nothing really good came of it. 200, 252, 364 for his slash with three homers and a steal on two attempts. He did show a little flash in the playoffs. Now, you're talking 14 plate appearances. That's next to nothing. But uh, he was three for nine with four walks. Um, so I really like seeing all those walks there. Gave you a little bit of a taste to go out uh, to go out with as far as what Carlson can do. I was kind of hoping for more of a discount. I'll still take this, but I, I was hoping, as, as the fantasy community is wont to do, I was hoping they would overrate this and really push him down. I still think it's a, a discount, but it's not quite what I expected. Where, where do you stand on Dylan Carlson after the uh, the dud debut? Is it a discount? I mean, I, I want to. I feel like he was going in like the 160 area last year and he is absolutely terrible now like we give a lot of the cardinals players a lot of leeway because of their 2020 in that we know he's going to play this year and if he had had a medium or better he'd be a double digit pick or very early 100s so uh, it's not a discount relative to where he was going last year, but there was some question about whether or not he would start all year, and he didn't. He, you know, Carlson played 35 games. This year, he's got a job. Like I, he's going to be starting off rip, and so I, I think I think that this is a in comparison to where he would have been. Like I said, with a normal trajectory, uh, I think it is a discount still. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not enough of a discount for me. I mean, I love the fact that right now, Ross Resource has him penciled in to hit fourth uh, with Edmund, DeYoung, and Goldschmidt hitting in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I don't think he's shown us anything yet. I think we're, we're people are drafting him as a top 150 player uh, on prospect pedigree alone. And I'm fine with that. He's really good. How do we know that, though? Like, I mean... I mean, the same because, way we know any prospect's good. Okay, but when... I mean, we felt the same way about Joe Adele. Adele comes up and struggles. And Adele was a premium prospect. The number two prospect in baseball on a lot of lists. And, yeah, but that's and, not as much we, due to his fantasy as it. I mean, that that that's the whole package because he has defense to go with that. No, Adele's uh, awful defensively. Um, it was all offense. Well, he he played awful defensively, but his his prospect profile absolutely includes defensive prowess. He's supposed to be, you know, center guy who can handle center field, and all, like he doesn't have poor. Uh, uh, I mean, look at look at his his grade out on on. On fan graphs, it, field 40, you know, 40, well, after 45. No, that, that hasn't been updated from from last year. They don't update the prospect reports like that. Um, I mean, he was not supposed to, he was, he's an athletic kid, but very much not a very good defender. Um, and, and so, like, I, I don't understand the fantasy industry going, um, oh, you know, let's write off Adele, but... I mean, I, I guess I do. I mean, Carlson was obviously a much more polished, you know, um, product. I don't know that he well, has picking a... one guy who failed too. Like, okay, what about Luis Robert? You know, what about Kyle Lewis? Well, because I'm I mean... talking about guys who who had high hopes and then failed. That's why I picked the guy who failed. 
I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to talk about a guy who came up and you know actually. I, I don't showed see something. Adele. I don't see Adele similarly to Carlson at all, though. And and his defense did upgrade in 2019. It or, or has been updated and moved down based on what we've seen from him. He was a 50-55, and now he's a 45-50. So again, I think him being a top five overall prospect absolutely included the five tool aspect of it. It wasn't just the fantasy aspects there. Whereas Carlson's not really, I'm not saying he's as good of a prospect, but I'm saying, you're saying like, why, why would, why would we judge him off of this? I mean, I don't know a huge 2019, like he's, he's done more in the high minors than Adele. If we're comparing the two. Um, Yeah, I think he, I think he was, I think he's considered a much more finished product than Adele where Adele were shooting for the upside. Um, you know, I just, I don't, I don't think he, I think he is kind of probably going to be a, some of his, you know, some of all parts type of player. And I do think he will be good, but I just don't know that I'm willing to invest a top 130 pick, uh, based on what he showed last year. And maybe I'm overrating the, the kind of small, weird sample in 2020, but I just don't feel like I mean he's he's going like ten picks behind Giancarlo Stanton. He's going ten picks behind Alex Verdugo. Like he's he's going right next to Cabrian Hayes. Like okay. this is not like where he should be going. He should be going much lower. Um, Why? Because he hasn't shown anything. Well, I mean, okay. Brian Hayes played for five minutes. Okay, and he showed something. He's going. He, okay, dude, uh, you're you're overrating twenty a Car- lot. Carlson, on, on Carlson or Max Kepler? I'll take Carlson. Why? Because he, I think, he has a more complete fantasy profile. Uh, Kepler's a an average drain, whereas Carlson should be an average boon. Um, we kind of know what Kepler is. Uh, I know he spiked the thirty six homer season. Uh, he came right back down to earth. He, you know, 2019 sticks out like a sore thumb. At this point, you should be pegging uh, Kepler as a 95 to 105 WRC plus type uh, with, you know, low 20s homers and a few okay. chip-in steals. Okay. Steamer has Carlson as a 90, projected for 97 WRC plus. Okay. So- I mean- <laughs> I mean, a, a steamer projection I, I understand that I mean that's a steamer projection on a prospect like I I, I don't really care about that all I right don't. Carlson like, I, I, I don't I don't care about steamer projections on prospects at all they also give Kepler a 113 and like that's carrying so much weight from 19 when that 19 such a clear outlier for him right now I don't know why they would Put him at 113. He's 98, 121, 107. I understand that's like basically averaging the last three seasons there, but I'm looking at, uh, and they got him for a 250 average as well. They're basically saying he gets back to 19, and I don't know what that's based on. Okay, so what are the what are your numbers for like if you were going to project Carlson, what would you project him for? Probably like uh, 270, 22. And thirteen steals. Wow, I uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not near that. I think this is. I mean, I don't think either of us are going to change the other one's mind on it. But 
I mean, I, I, I mean, list of just guys going behind Kepler. Uh, let's see, as as I'm looking for him, uh, I'll take Loriano. I'll take the guy we're going to talk about next. Yeah, behind Carlson. Loriano's yeah. not going behind Kepler. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, behind behind uh, Carlson. Uh, Why would you take Mountcastle? Like, what 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 makes Mountcastle such a better investment? I think the playing time is safer. No, it's not. I like the first base eligibility. Um, okay. I believe in the power. Like, I believe he's got a carrying tool uh, in fantasy, uh, which I don't necessarily believe with Carlson. I think, like I said, Carlson's kind of a, a sum of his all parts kind of guy, and I don't know that. I mean, which is fine, but not not someone who really excites me. Yeah, I guess not. I guess not. I don't know. I like Carlson. I think there's uh Solaire's going after Solaire's going after uh Carlson, Fran Mill going yeah. after Carlson, uh Santander going after Carlson, Urshela, uh Ian Happ, Victor Robles. Victor Nick Robles Solak. should go behind him. <laughs> but Victor Robles could be you know, I mean yes. Yeah, but, and I love Nick Solak, but he is at best, he's he's the projection I gave for Carlson without the speed. He stole eight bases this year. I know. That's awesome. I, I, I don't think you can extrapolate. That. I don't think you can either, but I think there is a potential to say that he becomes a 2015 guy. I mean, on, on a rip. What I gave Carlson. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I would love if he can go 15. I want. I kind of want to see... See where that is with Solak. And I love Solak, so I'm not even down on him at all. I just think that you're not giving anything to Carlson on on his prospect pedigree. The fact that uh, he's he's got a pretty guaranteed spot. I don't see why they wouldn't be playing him this year at this point after giving him the major league taste. And, you know. I mean, I don't know. Tyler O'Neill sucks at baseball i know but like they've never they, there's there's a number of guys they've never given a chance to or well, just tyler, fucked tyler around O'Neal, with uh, tyler o'neill has never shown that he can like consistently make contact and he may get his opportunity this year too they could go carlson bader o'neill no nah, not with dexter make, fowler still making money i i, I don't I don't think I get, the I mean, spot is is super locked into the point of like, and I, I do if, think we'll get those the guys DH. emerge. Yeah, and obviously we're we're still we're still in, uh, you know, in the I, belief that I'll that come up, be coming. I'll come up a little bit on Carlson only because I do think he's got the playing time. Like as much as I don't trust the Cardinals in terms of the way they rotate in and out their outfielders and things like that, uh, the this is a team that has decided that they're poor, kind of in the same way that the Cubs have. Yeah. Um, you know, as they wipe their tears away with $100 bills. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think they're going to go out and sign anybody of note. Uh, and uh, and I do Certainly expect the, the DH yeah, to, to come back to the National League. So, I mean, Carlson will play. I, don't, I still don't think I'm as high on him, nearly as high on him as you, obviously, but... Yeah, I, 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 he's a pass for me. It, it, it seems that way. Uh, Mountcastle going uh, a few picks later. Came up this year, also had a 35-game sample. Did better with it, for sure. 333, 386, 492. Um, 
does have first base eligibility, like you mentioned, which is nice. He's got, uh, you know, he he's seen as a DH only prospect, which is nice for us to get a uh, two positions out of him, since they kind of put him out there, and you know we'll see if they go full DH this year and 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 take his position eligibility. But as it stands right now, he's playing at a couple different spots. Twenty uh, four year old. You know, has some really good minor league numbers, too. His, his averages coming up have always been pretty nice. People, uh, Baltimore fans can have been waiting on him. They were thinking maybe 19. He'd get an opportunity to come up as he was playing very well in AAA. Well, he finally got the opportunity this year. He looks good. Should certainly play every day. You know, even, you know, with Baltimore, I don't even know. Uh, I think with him, with as much as he played this year, I don't even know if they could uh, jerk him around. And, and keep him down at the very beginning of the season to try to manipulate the contract. I think he starts off rip. He's 24 years old. He's not, like I said, he's really first base DH uh, as he reaches his prime. So I don't think there's any reason either to kind of finagle it. Um, what, what What's a full season out of Mountcastle look like? I'm thinking tw- uh, 25 to 30 home runs, 275 some chip-in stolen bases. Um, you know, I mean, it's nothing uh, super sexy, but I, I do love the positional eligibility be go- to be able to go from first to the outfield. Uh, I do think he's going to hit right in the middle of this of this lineup. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I think he's, of the young, I think there's some questions in terms of, like, this outfield in Baltimore in, like, they have maybe one piece too many. And so, like, somebody's going to lose out between DJ Stewart, uh, Cedric Mullins, and it's seeming like everybody's favorite sleeper, Austin Hayes. Uh, You know, and it may be my boy, Cedric Mullins, and that's what Roster Resource has him as the... the, uh, short side platoon guy. I, I I tend to disagree a little bit. I think Mullen showed enough that he should get some run. Um, I mean, he'll get some run. I, I think they'll just play play them all and, yeah. and kind of finagle it. I don't know that guys are taken uh, in the outfield there. I don't know that any of them. Maybe Santander. And I said I want to say maybe though. Like he you know he broke out this year, but it's a thirty seven game breakout. What's that? I love him. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like him too, and it was awesome to see him. And he had a solid season in 19, so, you know, we got an extended run here of quality work. But I don't know that it's such that he is just inked into the lineup and never comes out. Mm-hmm. I think there are still some some opportunities to where, you know, Santander gets a gets a uh, breather while the other guys come in. He hasn't, despite being a switch hitter, his work versus lefties hasn't been particularly special um, so I think there's enough to work in, and with a with a speedster like Mullins, and that's that's your guy. And uh, you know, I didn't even realize that you know quietly had seven seven steals mm-hmm. this year and a two seventy one average. You know, re- really did a little something. Remember, he had some hype coming into nineteen, and he was a complete bust. Yeah, and, and they let him uh, lead off. Like he let off. Like, and this is why I think he should get a fair amount of playing time like almost most of september he was he was one or nine yeah so i mean so was it based on the handedness of the pitcher i think so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna check that right now let's see so nine against waka although that'd be a lot of lefties so maybe they were just mixing him and then this i mean he struggled okay. against lefties 
So th- there's righties and lefties here. Um, I can't find a rhyme or reason to the nine spot. Okay, that's a he, lefty. He had 171 against lefties this year. Oof. And 305 against righties. Which makes it a little weird that Ross Resource has him plugged in as the short side platoon. Yeah, it, it looks like the lefties are, are when he was when he was batting. Maybe he's well, the strong side platoon with Hayes. That'd be interesting. I think they want to get Hayes some, some good burn. You know, we're certainly hopeful on Trey Mancini's health and everything, but it's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. And so that would open up DH a little bit too. And and maybe he is coming back and he's good, but he can't play every single day. So maybe maybe they, maybe they throw Mountcastle to third every once in a while because I mean that he did play yeah. third quite a bit in the minors. I mean they're they're they'll figure it out. And I mean injuries yeah, always always play themselves out and swell. So, uh, but I mean back to Mountcastle. I think Mountcastle has a pretty. Uh, pretty safe playing time floor at least um yeah, and I, I so too i mean he is definitely defensively limited um it's a nice way to put it yeah <laughs> so uh that you know i think that is one of the reasons why it took him so long to kind of come up but dude is hit at every level like i mean yeah, really um and i don't you know and he did it at the majors yes 140 game or 140 uh plate appearance sample uh, but I mean, he he hit so well that I, I just think he's going to get run, and I, I I do like him. I think the price is fair. Like it's not like a price I'm jumping for joy over, obviously, yeah. but it's a I fair price. Be... I already have him on a couple teams, um, so yeah. I think it'll be similar to Carlson without uh, as much speed, so similar power and batting average output uh, as far as what I'm looking at there. So Mountcastle's. Uh, per- perfectly solid. Now, Varsha, we, we didn't do a full-on catcher episode because we had recently talked about catchers in, in a pretty robust way. So that's why there isn't uh, an episode where we get deeper on it. So this gives us an opportunity to talk about Varsha a, a little bit deeper. Obviously, you're going to start him at catcher. Um, but he does have this, the, the catcher outfield eligibility. And, you know, something works out where it's like, well, it's one catcher league, but I ended up with Real Muto and Varsha. Then... So be it. Um, I like Varsho enough that when he loses catcher eligibility, which will be soon, um, because he's not very good behind the dish, it could be as soon as next year. Hopefully not. Hopefully we get at least one more year. You know, he plays twenty games or so behind the dish this year. Um, but he can he can do enough to to carry outfield. Like his hitting is really good. He's also got some speed too. He's come up. Um, he, he's had many double digit stops. Uh, uh, with with his speed and his powers emerging, uh, his most recent minor league season was Double A in 2019, where he had 18 homers, 21 steals with a 301 average. Probably should have been tested a little bit with Triple A at some point during that season. I don't know why he played 108 games. Maybe there was some a health issue. Although if he was catching, that's probably why the games are lower. But 22 years old, and he was clearly handling Double A. So they challenge him with a major league opportunity this year. It didn't go well. 37 games and 188, 287, 366. Three homers, three steals, though. Uh, so, you know, showing you that power, speed, skill set there. Varsho, again, focused primarily as a catcher, but using his outfield eligibility as an opportunity to talk about him. Is this 155 price tag something that you're willing to pay with consistency? I don't know about with consistency. I definitely have some concerns. You know, I've talked about it here a number of times that I, I have. Uh... Um, 
you know, a source within the the Diamondbacks uh, system that did not speak very highly of Varsho in terms of his um, baseball IQ and work mm-hmm. ethic. Uh, and so that has me a bit concerned, especially with a guy who, I mean, his ex batting average was nine, uh, 196. Like, so okay. it's like he, he very much deserved a lot of what he did uh in in 2020 the speed i mean is legit his sprint speed 86 percentile for catcher is super uh intriguing to be able Mm -hmm. to potentially get a guy who might be like 2010 with full time playing time and the time backs aren't going to be very good so like there's no reason for them not to just let him go out there and figure it out uh and he has hit at every level. So, I mean, I probably should be more psyched on him, and maybe it's the conversation I had with that source that makes me a little bit more wary of him because I don't sure. think he's a catcher long-term, but I do think he can get 10 games, which is all he'll need for... It's all we need, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so... As long as we can get it. I mean, maybe he, like, in that way, like, he was what we thought Aaron Nola was going to be in terms of... Austin Nola. Sorry, Austin Nola in terms of, uh, like, oh, he's just going to catch just enough um, but play full-time somewhere else. I should be more psyched on him than I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty intrigued by this, you know, and I, I think I could see his price rising. Obviously, he had that, that, that one spike pick, but I think at 155 with catcher eligibility, I think there's going to be some more off-season helium. And and we'll see where he lands. Right now, I'm super open to this pick slot. His min, even with this time frame, is still 106, though. So that's still a lot of love. That puts him by Austin Meadows, Dylan Moore, ahead of Byron Buxton. And, you know, that's comparing him to the outfielders as opposed to the catchers. Actually, let me look at the catchers that are going around there because that'll be... He went, he went right about 143, 144. Uh, in the draft, I'm in currently to uh, our good buddy uh, uh, Toby uh, Batfield Crazy. That's um, got him around Vasquez and right ahead of Austin Nola. Would you take Varsho or Nola? I take Nola. I would too. So I just like that team so much better. I could see myself taking both. To be honest, yeah. I can double tap there, get my catchers out of the way, go Varsho Nola. Yeah, like somebody in this draft double tapped on Sean Murphy and Austin Nola at yeah, the end like of the end of the tenth, beginning of the eleventh, and this is a fifteen team league. So, um, and and Varsho had gone earlier in that tenth round, but like it went Varsho three picks later, Vasquez one pick later, Darno, uh, and then Murphy Nola. So like there was a big run on catcher right there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel much better about my 15th round pick of Gary Sanchez. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad price. Uh, and I do think there is. Obviously, there's a ton of upside. Because while he is limited defensively, like, I think there is a ton of ceiling in the offense. And the team is bad enough where even if he's not good in the outfield, which he doesn't seem bad necessarily, um, they're going to let him play. And so yeah, I think I think he should be playing. The question is like what his average is at the major league level, but I mean, who cares what your average is from your catcher most of the time That's anyways, the thing. right? Yeah, you so, can afford and you are going to get a higher volume if if he plays in the outfield a bunch if Varsho's in the outfield regularly because usually that's why you don't have to worry about your 
average from catcher because volume. But that's also going to be more volume of homers and steals, too. So I think it's all going to work itself out. The Steamers got him for 374 plate appearances, 13 homers, 10 stolen bases, 257, 324, 440. I that's, think they're super conservative on those plate appearances. Totally agree there. And, and I, I would take 13 and 10 in a full season, to be honest. I think that'd be I, I fine. I would, too. And so, so, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think you've got the upside of a guy who's, like, 15-15, maybe even 20-15. Yeah. Um, I'm talking myself into it. I'm still apprehensive because of, like, that that source's uh, discussion of him. But um, I, I'm talking myself more into uh, being okay, especially because the price isn't, like, obscene right now. Yeah, and I feel like I want to jump in into some uh, in, into the winter market before he gets pushed up too much too, because I do see, I do see like a twenty pick helium boost just off rip in in February. Like I, I think he's just gonna we're gonna wake up and he's like, oh, he's one thirties now as an average, which means he'll have double digit min picks. So that's Dalton Varsho at catcher. Let's move on to the better Bay Area buy. Mike Yastrzemski on the Giants 141 or Ramon Laureano uh, in Oakland at 142. Obviously, they do different things, so team context will probably play a role when you're drafting, but we're going to assume now that you just need an outfielder. You're not worried so much about the uh, you know the speed of Laureano uh, or maybe the better power uh, of Yastrzemski. Who, who, who are you going for between Yastrzemski and Laureano? I mean, I, I think most people are going to expect me to be the homer and take Yastrzemski, but I'm very concerned about Yastrzemski's profile. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I'm. I the Statcast data is troubling. Um, I mean, he was great all year. Uh, I, I wrote. A, I actually wrote him up last night for the Friends Fantasy Benefits draft guide. Um, Eggs velocity in the 39th percentile. Uh, his XBA was only 255. Like he does, and he does have a great approach. The Giants love him. I mean, he led the team in plate appearances. But I really think he's probably more of like a 250 to 260 hitter with like 20 to 25 home runs, which at a 140 ADP is not super exciting. It's kind of bland. I mean. Like I, I think he's being overinflated. So what's what's the disconnect then? Because he has a two fifty eight XBA total for, for his two seasons now, and yet he's hitting two two eighty one. So you know you look at his at his full career and it's a full season. It's one hundred sixty one games, so it's kind of perfect. Thirty one ninety. Four steals, but who cares because he's four for nine. So just don't even worry about that. 3190 with a 281 and 103 runs because he gets on base so much that even on a team that isn't the best, he can maximize uh, his run scoring capability. So what's the disconnect with Yaz there? Because I see X Slug is red, X Woba is red, Hard Hit is nice and pink. It's that exit velo that's that's low, but that's composite exit velo. So you look at the barrels, that's 72%. I think this profile is better than you're giving it credit for. I don't know. I, I mean, is it just the exavilo? It's the exavilo. It's. I mean, I don't believe that average is going to stay up. He, you know, I mean, he's not a guy that I think steals a ton of bags. I mean, probably talking like five, six. 
Yeah, that it's chipping, but you know, it, it, if we get 162 this year, which we're not really expecting, but mm, well, crossed. maybe I don't know. There was a report yesterday I know they said that the season going to start, start on, on time. time. So I, I mean, know. I'm hey, becoming I'm much more it. comfortable. I'm nervous, but I am obviously here for it. If we can get 162, I'll do backflip. Uh, and probably break my neck. I wonder but, if he's a guy that benefited from that gate being open. Um, perhaps, but he was great in, in 19, too. But 19, 19 is kind of what I expect from him. You know, okay, what's in wrong a full with that? Role. It's fine, but it's just not... Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's got the upside that warrants a top 150 pick. Um, yeah, I mean... Do we really think he's going to take a step to be like a 30 home run hitter? He was a 30 home run hitter in 2019. I 21 mean, homers in what? 107 games is a full season of 30 homers. Yeah, I just think he's more like a 25 guy. Which, I mean, is fine, but I, I Five just... Five homers, yeah, I, I don't know. I like... With that, with that OBP foundation, too... He's going to rack up the runs. Because that, you know, that again, that's going to help, like you say, yeah, with the runs... And, but I mean, I don't expect the Giants to score a lot of runs either. So no, that, but they're gonna. I think they're gonna be fun. Like they're gonna be like 18th in runs or something. I, I don't know. You know, like middle of the pack between like 15th and 18th. I don't know. They they were eighth this year. That they were actually kind of a sneaky offense. Maybe they'll be sneaky again. You know, I, I think natural regression comes back on the whole team. <laughs> like, do we really expect Donovan Solano to, to repeat what he did? Yes. Um, <laughs> I actually do like Brandon Belt. I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, Charlie Brown that football once again. Um, well, they were, okay. So they were 28th in runs um, in 19, mm-hmm. but. That would that he still had a 93 run pace because he leads off and he's yeah. an OBP guy. Yastrzemski is so I think even if they go all the way back down there, he has the ability to put up 90 runs and I'll take 90. So if I'm going 26 90 90, that is worth this pick. Yeah, I'm more 24 90 70. 70 ribs? Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, if he's leading off, he's going to have me batting in front of him. Um, You know, it's going to be Austin Slater and whoever else, you know, the Giants, you know, pick up off the... Uh, 70's too low. I, I, I could go 90-80, but I think 70's... Like, I mean, Steamer average. and depth charts have him for 72 and 73 are on uh, RBI, so I don't think 70's too, that much lower. And they've got him for 150 plus games. What's that based off of? I mean, the amount of guys that are going to be on base from he, the eighth. He was ninth on an 80 slot. pace in 2019 when they scored 28 when they were 28th in runs. So I call horseshit on the steamer on that one. They're putting huge regression on him too. I and Do I you agree. really think he's a 101 WRC plus guy. Based um, on what? Like this? this I'm sorry. I I, maybe, this maybe makes no. no sense. Maybe not. Like I'm not going to regress him as far back as Steamer will. Two forty-seven, um, three twenty-nine, four thirty-three. Why? Just because he's thirty? Like I, I don't get it. I, they, they don't I think I think he's. He well, I mean the Babip is insane. Was insane from last year. Like I don't think he's a two forty-seven hitter, but I think two fifty two, two sixty probably is what we're looking. Or yeah, two sixty with. 25 to 27, 28 home runs. 
a boatload of runs scored. Um, I'm thinking just 19, you know, over a full season. I, I, I don't know why that's not just kind of where, where he should be. For Yastrzemski, I, I like him. I mean, you know, yeah. He's not I mean, it's it's in the I think pick. I think nineteen is within the range of outcomes. Funny um, thing is, I would take Moriano too. So let's talk about yeah. Moriano. Um, and and even though I said you know team need doesn't matter when we're trying to the decide speed here, speed matters. I, mean, I would that. still take somebody who has a more dynamic profile. Now he had a rough twenty, um, two thirteen, three thirty eight. I like that that OBP batting average split at least though. So he was taking his walks, but then a 366 slug really fell off there. Six homers, two steals um, in 54 games bounced back a little bit in the, uh, in the Houston series clubbed a couple homers to go out uh, on a high note, at least where, where are we on Laureano then? Cause he, he had a really nice 19 uh, and then an ugly 20, but that's a 54 game sample versus 123. So, so where, where do you stand with him now as far as what you're projecting from uh, Ramon Laureano? I mean, he's kind of an interesting case because, I mean, the, the argument I think that we had on him, you being pro-Laureano and me being anti-Laureano coming into 2020, revolved much around, like, I was afraid of the health um, and whether or not he was going to be able to stay on the field to rack up the kind of stats again that he did or a prorated version of it that he did in, mm-hmm. in 20 in 2019. He stayed so, out. He, he stayed, yeah, he stayed on the field. So like, I mean, there is, uh, there's kind of a, you know, plus in his column. I'm a little perturbed by the fact his exit velocity dropped like two miles an hour. Um, you, you know, what's weird. And, I, and it's, it's a narrative that I don't know tracks, but I, I'm going to bring it up because it is so stark. Remember when he tried to fight the Astros? Yeah. He was dog shit after that. Do you think he the, had the a shame he brought on his family? I, I, just... I don't like. I, again, I don't know. Like, yeah. So the next obvious question is why would that affect him? <clears throat> Excuse me, affect him. But after he got in trouble, he uh, he was hitting 262, 398, 462. Serves his suspension, comes back for his final 35 games, 186, 302, 314. And, you know, again, I don't I don't know that I have a good I can't answer the, the, the follow up question of like, OK, well, but why? why? Why would that break break him, so to speak? Um, and, you know, why should I put more stock in the 19 game sample versus the 35 game sample? And should we even parse a 54 game sample? I don't know. I don't have the answers there. I'm just bringing it up because it's it's a narrative that's been floating around. It was floating around throughout the season. Like, oh, look, look what happened to Loriano since the suspension, since the suspension. So are we giving him uh, something of a pass on 20? I mean, the price has come down. He was more expensive last year. So at least there's a requisite discount to go with this on, on some level. Is it enough? And is he, you know, Steamer says take his 2019, but give it to him over a full season. So the 24-13 that he had in 123 games, they're basically giving him that over 150 games. So that builds in a good bit of regression there, 249 average. Do you stand with that? Or do you think he can he can take 19 and maybe not build on it skills wise, but at least extrapolate it some volume wise. Not not necessarily just a one sixty two extrapolation, but can he be more of a, 
can you be a 30 20 that was that was what i was looking at as an upside for him and that's what made me excited i was like dude this guy can go 270 30 20 i think um in a full season then obviously we didn't get a full season and we didn't get anything close to that far loriano but he's still just 26 i still really like him um i'd probably live more in like the 23 17 range as far as my projections on homers and steals but i'll take that all day even even with like a 260 average to be honest i think i mean there's not a lot in his profile that is super different um from 2019 to 2020 other than the eggs of velocity and hard hit percentage kind of taking uh, i mean a, a fairly drastic dip um the only things he really did differently is he swung less. I wonder if he got a bit too patient. Um, Turned passive. Yeah. And, I mean, we love the fact that he walked 10% of the time, you know, doubled his walk rate from 2019. But, yeah. I mean, he dropped his own swing percentage 8 percentage points. Um, You know, his O-swing, you know, which you want to see drop, you know, drop, you know, dropped eight percentage points as well. I mean, maybe he's just being a bit too passive at the plate. Um, and he just needs to get maybe a little bit more aggressive. Um, and I wonder, I'm going to see what is. Yeah. I mean, people weren't attacking him early in the, you know, the, his first pitch strike rate went down six percentage points. And maybe he was trying to kind of, he wasn't getting the pitches to hit early, so he kind of laid off a little bit too much. Um, and then, you know, he gets Better up... Better than over-attacking. Yeah, least. he get, gets up 0-1 and goes, well, I can get on base. And uh, I think, I mean, the stolen bases, I think, are safe, obviously. I think he's a guy that could steal 15 to 20, um, especially if he's going to continue to walk at a double-digit rate. Yeah, he's 22 for 26 in his career. So we like the uh, I, we like the success rate for Loriano. I think do that wonder keep- if he was dealing with an injury and just playing through it as opposed to missing time like he has in the past. I mean, this has been a guy that has been banged up, uh, you know, in his previous, you know, kind of two seasons at the majors. And the fight could have caused that. Like, we don't mm-hmm. know, right? You, you go charging at a, at a team, you strain something that's not IL worthy, but... Well, especially it, in a it, short it, season when you want to, you know, you want to play as many games as you can because they're so impactful yeah, on your and playoffs. Playoffs, and yeah. you only miss time because you got suspended. Like, it, it could certainly be something where, you know, he, he Loriano was fighting his way through something. Well, I don't know. I, I don't have news of that or, or not. But just with that stark drop off after he got back, I do wonder what happened. But mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm buying back in. I'm. I'm I think it's a fair price. Uh, Yeah, I'm acknowledging that, hey, this was an issue. It wasn't a great season. But the market's also acknowledging that, and I think giving me a fair enough price to stay bought in. So that's what I'm going to do. Do you want him or Carlson? (sighs) Man, you got me up against it. I think I'm going to still go Loriano. Yeah. I I think if I went to Carlson, it would be really running away from Loriano based on the because I loved him last year. Remember, I wouldn't uh-huh. shut the hell up about him. I'm not going to run away based on the 54 games. I'm going to stick with him. And uh, I would, if I if I need outfielders in this position, I would gladly take both, though. Give me the guy who's got, I think, a pretty solid floor as as a, a veteran-ish. You know, he's not a 
you know, what determines a veteran? Is it one full season, whatever? But, you know, <laughs> someone who's been around a bit more like Oriano, and then give me the high upside of a rook. I would take both if I was, you know, toting like one outfielder, a bunch of pitchers, and a bunch of infielders when their draft spot comes up. A 9-10 turn, you could see me doing Oriano Carlson. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I'm going, I'm getting like um, 50 homers, 35 steals between the two, something like that. All so right. I'd be, happy, I'd be happy to add that. I'm going to make it even right, more difficult for again. you. Yeah. So Him, your boy Loriano or your boy Jake Cronenworth? That's rude. Yeah, That's rude. I, I knew it would be, but they're going right around each other. I mean, they're going within eight picks of each other. I'm not buckling on Cronenworth, even with the House Young Kim uh, you should. addition. The, the DH uh, is coming to the I'm, National League. And in fact, exactly. In fact, I'm buying more, and I think, and I, I'm going to cop out a little. I'm going to take Cronenworth. I'm going to make a pick based on your, your question here, but I'm going to throw a little cop-out caveat in there. I'm not going to have to pay that same price for Cronenworth by draft season. Yeah, I'm actually... It's going to continue to go down. I'm going to check so, what his ADP has been over the course yeah, of the last... Check very recent for him, because uh, I feel like he's oh. going to be... Only one draft since the beginning that is finished, oh, okay. since the beginning of the year, but he went 189. See, and I and think now, that is going to be indicative of his price here for the next uh, few weeks at least. For Jan- yeah, January now, it flips back immediately if and when the DH is announced, which again you and I expect. I know we've seen the article that said NL teams should plan as though there's no DH. We still think it's going to be bargained for when they want. 42 playoff teams, they're going to say, okay, give us DH, we'll give you 42 playoff teams. I still, Ben Clemens said that during the playoffs on on a Fangraphs Live on Twitch. I totally agree with that. Give him full credit there. That's exactly how I see it playing out, though. So I'm still sticking with Cronenworth, even if their prices are equal. But I do like the fact that I can probably get both, and I can go Loriano, somebody else, and then Cronenworth. I think that's how the drafts are going to be playing. Like, you and I are going to join a 50-round DC here soon. You're just waiting on me to pick a league. I'm going to I'm be open to getting both, and I think I can get them with somebody fitting fitting in between them as far as the rounds go. So, uh, yeah, good good challenge there. But uh, I, I will go Cronenworth, then Loriano. But as long as Cronenworth's price keeps dropping, I can get both very nicely. Let's move on. Let's go to power studs. You, you briefly mentioned one of these guys. Uh, when you were saying somebody you'd rather have over Carlson because he goes right by him and it's Jorge Soler. Two power studs here. Jorge Soler at 147 or 143, excuse me. And then Joey Gallo going a bit later at 167. So you can factor in the price when you decide who you want here. But uh, which of the two are, are you more apt to go for? These are these are Mason wheelhouse guys. Neither's particularly strong on their average. Uh, Soler came back to earth with his this past year at a 228 after popping a 265 last year. So you're certainly planning for a little average pain, but with all the power that comes with it, you'll gladly take it, knowing that you can spike a 265. And we know Gallo's issues, right? He he can't hit my weight, let alone his own, but he crushes the hell out of the ball, and so the power's there. So who do you like? Solaire 143, Gallo 167. I mean, I like both. So Would, like, you, would you take both on a team? I took uh, Gallo in this draft that I'm doing right now. Uh, I, by the way, you created – it's an interesting team that you got, uh, not necessarily a Mason standard, but no. I like what you've done. It's, there's some fun stuff there. It's a weird what, team. It, it feels like a first or last kind of 
It's, it's a Talladega Ricky, Nights. Yeah. Ricky, I was gonna say we got called a Ricky Bobby team. That's really funny. Oh yeah. That's how I, that's how I draft mocks, right? Yeah. Like uh, the like magazine mocks or whatever. I, I take them seriously, but I'm either I want to like have the best team by far, or I don't care. I'll I'll lose because yeah. you know I, I took a lot of gambles. Uh, so you take Gallo. Is it the price, or, or again, would you put both on a team, knowing that the potential average anchor that they? If I'm not in an overall contest, I'm more than likely to put them on the same okay. team. Uh, in an overall contest, it becomes much more difficult to do that. You'd either have to have or like, you got to have you know Lemayhew, uh, some Rockies. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Soto with your first pick. Like you have, you got to have an average foundation. Yeah, like in eat. this in this draft, I you know I took Arenado, uh, took Machado, uh, took Alex Baum, uh, mm-hmm. I took Brandon Nimmo. You know, some guys. Together. It's a really fun team. Like it's not a team that I think has a real shot to win it overall, unless things just go completely bonkers. Because I do yeah, have a lot of batting average. Yeah, I, I have some. Like the more and more I look at it, the more and more I go, man. This this team may hit. Yeah, uh, somebody's body weight. Not mine. If it hit my body weight, it'd be. <laughs> they, I, they I, might I'd be winning the overall. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, uh, but. Uh, it's definitely one of those teams I think can you know punt batting average um, and win the league. So and that that uh, that becomes uh, you know a little bit more enticing. And I think Gallo is one of those guys. I mean, I, I kind of prefer Gallo just because the price is so depressed and he has the ability to swipe some bags that Solaire yes. is not going to do. Um, he does have some speed. And is Solaire. So, oh, Solaire is outfield eligible. I thought for some reason I thought he was he might only be UT. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, but I do like Solaire. Like you know, Solaire, yes, he did definitely he struggled a little bit with injuries this year, uh, which has mm-hmm. kind of been the concern for him uh, throughout his career. Yeah, until the breakout, that was mm-hmm. really the issue is that he couldn't stay because he was breaking out in eighteen. Mm-hmm. Solaire was, but then only played sixty one games, so it got hidden, and then he had the amazing one sixty two in 19 and then uh kind of a bummer this year still gave you your pop you know eight homers in 43 games is fine but uh hit hit 228 as well so the price has come down quite a bit uh but gallo had a similar issue where uh he had a good 19 um not quite as good as in fact he only played 70 games but that average was so fraudulent and i will take a victory lap on that i I told you (laughs) that average is so fake because he had a 500 BABIP against lefties, so I'll be, yeah. I'll be a braggart on that one. That being said, still, like I don't think he's gonna hit 180 again, but he probably will hit like 220. Um, I mean, he might just hit 200. Like he's, he's a 208 career. So 181. I mean, that's still you know up, upwards of 30 points higher. So I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that he's gonna hit 181 again, but 220. You got to show me that he can even do that. Yeah, that's I, fair. I don't, I don't buy 220. I'm putting him 20 something. Put, put whatever digit you want on the back end of that. But I'm going between 200 and 209 as a projection right now. But it comes with 40 homers. So if you plan properly for it, it is it can still be worth it. But we play a lot of overall stuff, so you really need to plan for that. But in standalone league, he can really be the right piece to fit in. And now the price is is too good. Like I was out on Gallo last year because I was afraid of the average and, the, and he was expensive. At 167 – you got plenty of time to plan to take on that average anchor. 
So I'm in on on Gallo for sure. And that that's my pick between the two as well. Any final thoughts on those two? No. All right, let's move on to uh, another one. I, I, we, we ended our last one with this. Uh, these three are unrelated. That's a new category we've got for these outfielders because <laughs> I get to this point in the ADP. It's like there's no way to link these guys. So we actually have two these three are unrelated sections today. Here's the first one. Anthony Santander, a guy we spoke about a little bit earlier at 155. Veteran Michael Brantley looking for a squad at 159. And the aforementioned Ian Happ, you brought him up in the Carlson discussion at 160, and I really do like him as well. Um, so we got these three guys. They don't really have a, a binding link except that they're all outfielders. Who do you like best? Who? I mean, I like all three. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I like Brantley the least because he's old and doesn't have a team at this moment. Let me ask you this: When he signs, let's let's just for the sake of the argument, let's assume he signs on a quality team because he's thirty-four. I doubt he's trying to go to the Tigers, or he may just want to get paid though. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he might, but I'm I'm going to assume. I mean, he can get paid on a good team though. He's not a scrub. Yeah, like so I, I, I feel think, like he has. Or I feel like he should go back to the Astros. He should. Like, they need but him. He, he can get paid on on a good team. He's still a badass. So that's why mm-hmm. I, I think it's fair to assume he's going to go to a quality team. So let's put him on a quality team. We know, and and you know even more so than I do, because you're in the trenches making doing a lot of drafts. I've only done a couple. But you know that the second someone signs, their ADP goes up. Yeah. How much do you think he goes up? A full round? Five to ten picks? Let's say Let's say it is Houston, just for the sake of argument. High quality team. He's proven has proven success there. Does Brantley jump up to? I think he jumps you know, up to like the Yastrzemski, Loriano. So it's early one forty. So that's about a, you know that's just over a full around. round. I think I'm here for that too. Like, I am too. He he brings something different. Average. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's I mean he's the guy you pair with Joey Gallo. Exactly. You know, he's he's the he's the gallo uh, pillow that you know. I, I, I totally agree. And and it makes a good one two punch. You mm-hmm. take him right there. Again, if you're outfielder, uh, if you're 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 carrying one or two outfielders around this point of the draft, you go bang, bang, Brantley Gallo. That's an infusion of of talent there that that really works. They really play off each other's each other's strengths, you know, not a ton of speed. But like you said, even Gallo can get you a seven to 10. He's never had 10 in a major league season, but he has the speed to, to do it. Um, that'd be a good one, two punch. So at, at the price right now, then shouldn't you be buying Brantley? If you think that he's going to go up. Yes. 140. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's at 160 right now. Yeah. I think, I think you should buy him. And I think, uh, I mean, like you said, I, I think there's a pretty good chance that he ends up with a, with a pretty decent team. Um, you know, I mean, especially because I think he could end up, you know, the easy places for him to sign are the two places he's played before, which are Cleveland yep. and the Astros. Both need outfielders. Uh, he wouldn't, you know, take a long. He wouldn't need a long-term deal because of his age. Uh, you know, they could probably get him for what, like two thirty, three, yeah, forty-five, something like that. Yeah, um, and I think I think you can really push the two. Because of his health profile. Yeah. I mean, and he's been he's been remarkably healthy the last few years. I mean, played, the last three years he has. And so But he is uh, also he's a guy that uh, has missed a lot of time in the past. 
and and has you know chronic back issues. But mm-hmm. man, how nice would he be f- back at number two in uh, in Cleveland be- between Lindor and Ramirez, um, or just going back to Minute Maid uh, with 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 the Astros because you know he he was a he was never the pain in our side with Kyle Tucker. It was always Josh Reddick, but mm-hmm. Reddick's gone. So they they still have room for Brantley. Well, Reddick's gone and Springer's gone. So, like, they need... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they need an outfielder. I mean, they... have Chaz McCormick, fake player. Uh-huh. Not going to convince me otherwise, so don't even try. Yep. And Miles Straw. I know he's real, but I'm still doubting what I've seen. He might he also really be shouldn't fake. be playing full-time. No, he's really a good fourth outfielder off the bench speed type. Yeah, so they super you know, they could really use him. They yeah. could really use Brantley there. So he's going to go to a good squad. I think we're in on this price. So let's let's zero in on Santander and Hap then because they're kind of similar. Uh, they're both switch hitters, and you know they both had nice breakouts in in uh, in twenty. So obviously it's a, it's a shorter season, but. I like both these guys. I have a hard time choosing between the two. One's on a better team, but how much better? You know, Baltimore's on uh, trying to turn things around, and the Cubs crying poor and, and getting rid of players. Like I think they're, I think they're going to get rid of Brian. I still take their lineup over Baltimore's. I'm not sure. suggesting that they're. But equal. I'll take Baltimore's park over. Chicago. Over rig. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you go for between those two? You got uh, Santander. Age, they're both age 26 as well. So two switch hitters, both age 26. Similar kind of profile where it's like a decent 260-something average with some good pop. Hap's been known to steal a little bit in the past, but he only has three in 165 game, excuse me, in 110 games the last two years. 115, pardon mm-hmm. me. Matt's hard. So it, it, he's three <laughs> for six. So I, I think I think cancel out that uh, any speed hope there. If he gets you five or six, that's a bonus. But right now, go in thinking that he's a, a power. And and decent batting average guys. Mm-hmm. So who do you like better between Happ and Santander? They're more or less the same. I I think they're incredibly close. I think it, what do you prefer the power with uh, some speed because I think you'll get that with Happ or the power and some average because I think you'll get that with Santander. Um, and then and then like you said, Park versus lineup. Yeah, Cubs lineup's better. Uh, uh, or else uh, Camden Yards is better for for Santander. I, I think I lean Hap a little bit. I do uh, too. But I think Santander uh, is uh, he's. I mean, I loved him. Like he's the guy that I was so high on coming into 2020, and then ended up with way too few of him on my team. Oh, you didn't even like, cash in. Like yeah, I, I just kept. It. Yeah, because I kept like I'm like, oh, I can get him another round. I can get him another round. I can get him another mm-hmm. round, and and I would miss out, um, in spite of the fact that like I was like way higher on him than <laughs> where I ended up uh, trying to take him a lot of times. Forty homer pace. Yeah, I mean, obviously I that's a lot of ex- extrapolation, but how real is that in your opinion? I mean, I think it is. I mean, I don't know that he's a 40-homer guy, but I think he is a 30-homer guy, and I think there's obviously some upside. Like, the StatCast profile isn't what you would necessarily expect, but he does barrel the ball uh, a fair amount. Like, his ex-batting average was actually, like, 286. Um, And so you look at, you know, I think he got babbipped a little bit. Uh, Doesn't strike out. I mean, 15% strikeout rate. 
doesn't strike out for a slugger, doesn't walk either, but mm-hmm. I don't, I'm don't. i less concerned about that when you don't strike out. Yeah, good contact rate. So, I mean, I think the park definitely helps him. I think he's one of those guys that maybe if he was in a different park, he'd, uh, he wouldn't be able, or he wouldn't be clearing the fence quite as much. But, I mean, hitting in the AL East is, is a pretty nice place to hit. I, I like Santander for maybe like 32, you know, maybe two or three steals. Like, I, I don't think he's going to steal very much at all. No. Um, but I do think, like, Steamer has him for 263, uh, you know, which is pretty aligned with the 261 he's hit in, you know, his last two uh, seasons uh, at the major league level. I actually think there's more batting average upside here. I think he's probably like a 275 kind of guy. Um, okay. And so, yeah, I mean, I like I like both. You know, I, I wouldn't be afraid to double tap on these guys if I've, you know, if only have one outfielder because I've been addressing other, you know, positions or, or pitching. You could reasonably get 60 homers with, with both. Yeah. Like, I, I think they could both club 30, 30 homers. I, I lean Hap, um, but also, yeah, I, you know, it's... It, if I'm if I'm eyeing a hap and he gets picked right before me, I take Sandander and I don't even blink. Like it, it, it's it's that easy. That's how close they are. So I like both of them as well, and um, I, I think this is a very fair price for for either. All right, let's move on to some speedsters. We got Victor Robles at 160, then we jump down a bit to Victor Reyes at 187 and Leody Tavares at 197. So obviously you're paying a little bit more of a premium for Robles. Um, should you? Do, do, do you want do you want to pay that's a 27 pick that's nearly two rounds is he worth it over Victor Reyes and Leody Tavares obviously they're a bit uh less proven but you know we saw Robles choke this year like he was not good yeah I think he is worth it but I'm not gonna like shed a tear if I miss out okay um I mean, Steamer still has him for 16 homers, 22 stolen bases, uh, 250 batting average. I mean, the it's stat cat, at 19, right? Yeah, I mean, a little bit worse because, I mean, he had 28 steals and 17 home runs um, in, in 19. It's hard because, I mean, there isn't a lot in, like, the underlying <laughs> metrics to be like, Oh, you know, well, you know, yeah, he sucked in 2020, but this happened. Like, mm-hmm. like his, like, I mean, it's about as ice cold blue as you can get on the Statcast page, um, outside of his speed, his sprint speed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely worried about him, and I do, do think that his, uh, you know, huge drop in the ADP. Uh, is warranted because I mean this was a guy I think going in the top fifty or close to it last year, um, so he's dropped a hundred picks in uh, in ADP. You know he makes a fair amount of contact. Um, it's just so weak most of the time. Yeah, um, and there was you know there was a lot of talk about his exit velo coming into this year and his proponents, of which I was was one. I will me freely too. admit I I was very much on the Robles train thinking that there was some development and that, you know, we know that using whole exit velos can be uh, misleading because, it, you know, it includes everything, right? Yeah. And so um, I think it was Andrew Perpetua who made a, a, a comp of, like, you don't take every uh, every pitch a guy throws and say that's his velo, so why do we do it for exit velo? Even if you do give him 
the past. There's no real way to manipulate Robles' numbers that don't make you want to barf. How disgusting is his stat cast? It's, yeah. I've never seen six categories be in single digits. At least not it on is, a player that is still going in the top 200. Yeah, I opened up his profile, and it lowered the temperature in my house. Because <laughs> it's so Which icy. is unbearable for you, because, I mean, you don't like it to I get can't below 70 that. degrees. That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. And I see this 1% exit velo, 2% hard hit, 3% WOBA, 7th percentile uh, XBA, 5th percentile barrel, and 9th percent walk rate. That's the one I, I'm fine with. Like, I, he doesn't have to walk. But everything else, that's awful, dude. Like, that's really bad. And you can call small sample all you want. Go to 19. It ain't much better. 4, 11, 12, 21, uh, 16 for the walk percent. Like, so it's bad. It's bad. This is the value of stolen bases, though, that he still keeps at 160 because in a full season, you're you're thinking 25 SBs is is a damn near lock. And, and he throws in a little pop. Is he just... The next Michael A. Taylor, though, a guy who who has promise, but it never really, it never really fully develops, and and he eventually becomes more of a fourth outfielder type, which is what the role Taylor fills now on this on this team as as Robles has taken over for him. Um, he has a well, Taylor's uh, in Kansas doubles. City now. Oh, that's right, that's right. Taylor's gone, uh, but he had a few double doubles of his own: fourteen and sixteen back in 2015, 19 and seventeen back in twenty seventeen, six twenty four back in eighteen. So. Is that the path that Robles is headed on? I don't or, know that or I'm... Or is there some development? He's only 23 Yeah, he's only year. 23. Like, it's, I mean... Or 24, excuse me. He's going to, yeah, going to turn 24 in Age May. Age 24 season. Um, like, he's still super young. But, like, this is going to this is gonna be a comp that people aren't going to like. Um, but, like, how much different is he than Alberto Mondesi? In, like, in terms of, like... This is the downside of players like this, yeah. you know, because yeah. he doesn't and, and... walk. Um, you know, it's you know, and you go and look at Mondesi's Statcast page. I mean, outside of the exit velocity being you know much higher for Mondesi, like everything else is like ice cold blue for the most part too. So yeah, um, true. you know, he he's gonna be a boomer bust type of dude, and you're gonna have years I think where, uh, you know, things are clicking. Um, because I do like the hit tool that Robles has, uh, but there are going to be probably months or sometimes years where nothing comes together. And I think this, you know, 2020 is an example of a, you know, a year where things, you know, didn't come together. It may have at some point. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'll take the gamble here and there, but he's definitely not someone like coming into 2020. Like he was a guy I had circled on my draft list. Like, okay, Same. You I know. was all over Robles. I got him in a lot of different spots and, and, and paid the price yeah. for it. I've erased now, the circle, but there's no like strike through. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's a, this, this discount is completely fair. To, to, to jump down here, I think this is a, a worthy enough discount that I'm still going to buy in, not as aggressively. And I like these other two here. I really do. So, you know, I think you said this about uh, the last comp uh, or, or the last pair, Santander and Hap, that if you missed one, you're not shedding a tear. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, did you say that about Robles? I, I can't remember. But you were saying like, well, if you miss them, 
you're not going to cry. Yeah, that's exactly. how I am with Robles. If I miss him, I'm not crying because I am going to turn around and just pick up Reyes or Tavares. And for me, it's Tavares. I love Tavares. So let's talk about those two. We got Victor Reyes on the Tigers. We got Tavares on the Rangers. Do you have a preference between those two, or do you just want to talk about them in order? Um, I think my preference is Tavares. Okay, so let, let's let's talk about him first because I really, really like Leonie Tavares. Uh, big Texas prospect, came up at age 21. Um, you're not going to be blown away by the slash, 227, 308, 395, but four homers and eight steals in his 134 plate appearances. Um, let's be super irresponsible and tell you that it paces out to 2039. <laughs> uh, you can't do that, of course, but he showed both, right, that, that both are there. I don't think that uh, – I think over a full season I'm probably projecting closer to 15 homers, but I do believe in the 40, 40 uh, stolen base speed for Tavares. He's going to be 22, and I don't think Texas has any reason not to play him. Um, and I think that mm-hmm. he should be starting from day one, leading off. Yeah, so. projected to lead off, which is, which is the really interesting part. Um, I mean, you know Leo Tavares reminds me of. It's a mm-hmm. old friend of – the podcast Carlos Gomez. I loved that. That fits so perfectly. I was yeah. obsessed with Carlos Gomez. Dude. Yeah, it, I mean that just makes me more excited for me. <laughs> it, sh- it should. Of what you were doing there was trying to throw some cold water on it. No, no, actually, me, it's it's the exact opposite. We oh, okay, love okay. Carlos Gomez. Yeah, yeah, because I, he's, I adored him, and I, I did have to suffer through some of his bad years because I kept mm-hmm. drafting him, but I got the good years too. I got the 24-40. I still remember the title team that he was on in 2013 for Carlos Gomez. So yeah. I, I love him. So yeah, I'm I'm here for that comparison. And I think you know, I think he could follow a very similar career path where he is a monster for a few years and then things fall apart. Like, <laughs> um, but I'm here for the monster years. And uh, he was a guy I was kind of ignoring coming into draft season uh, this year. Um, or, you know, end of 2020, whatever. Uh, and the more and more I look at him, the more and more I go, this is like a Justin Mason profile. It's, you know, get the power, get the speed, and hope to pop a batting average um, spike, you know. Yeah, and, and like the 250s, 260s. Yeah, and With, with the potential for a huge batting average if things break, particularly with his Babbitt, because of his speed, there is a – it's a low percentage – but there is a scenario where he hits like 285, and that's with like a 370 Babbitt. That's why you can't project it because that, that takes a lot. But you look at Steamer, they got him for 1322 with a 245. At pick 200, I mean, he's 197 right now, I'm taking that all day. Now the question becomes, as you and I and others start to fawn over him, where does the ADP go? I think it goes up, but, but, but to where? He's got a min of 162, a max of 271, though. So there's still drafts where he was, he'd was been ignored, or at least a draft. 271 yeah. is, is hella late, dude. And, I mean, he went fairly early. I mean, not I don't want to say early, but, I mean, he went, um, let's see, he went in the 12th round. He went 200 in the Rotowire mock. Link, Clay Link stole him right out from under me. Literally had him circled, ready to go, and I got yeah. swiped. So I mean, he went like one sixty eight in uh, in so this draft I'm doing. Robles. Yeah, I'm fine with that. 
I'm 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 okay, I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't necessarily love some of the outfielders he went in front of. I mean, he went in front of Soler, McCutcheon, Gallo, Gritcha, Kepler, Frazier. I think you can definitely play the uh, needs-based game at yeah, that point. Yeah, if you need the speed, obviously. And I think that's the component that will continue to push him up. And we could be talking exactly. about him being a top 150 player at some point because of okay, that speed. Relax. Component. Don't do that to me. Yeah, I mean, the the Rangers like to run. Yeah, and they do. They, they, you're probably going to let him. And, I mean, if he's, you know, maybe he doesn't walk at a double-digit rate, um, but if he can still walk it you know, a 7 to 8% rate, you know, get on base at a 320 clip. Um, he's going to steal a lot of bases. Like, he he could be a 15-30, or even a 10-30. Like, let's say the power isn't fully developed, um, and, you know, he's that home park in, in Texas isn't great for, for the guys who don't have prodigious power. So maybe he's like a 10-30 guy. Like, I'll take that I'll at take that all day. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to go back on something I said and uh, take a fat L. Uh, Nick Solak's mad fast. Mm-hmm. Um, top 9% this year. Yeah. And uh, top 11%. I was actually surprised when I dug In 2019. So he didn't just run because they let him run. He ran because he knows how, and he, he's really good. So I like him even more now. I, I love Nick Solak. I've always year. been focused on his bat. I I truly didn't realize he had that kind of speed so he goes seven for eight this year he earned that and uh so now with that in mind um definitely inclined to pass on carlson and just take solak more so because of solak being pick 163 versus carlson at 140 than anything against carlson it's just why why not take the guy with the second base eligibility who goes uh, quite a bit later anyway so just wanted to Take my take my L on that one, but yeah, Tavares also brilliant speedster. They're definitely going to let him run. I agree with you that even if even if the OBP is trending closer to 300, 310, I, th- I still think he can get thirty SBs because he's going to run so often when he's on. And so, yeah, that ten thirty, I'll take that all day uh, with the opportunity and and upside for more. And I think I, he's he's. Like his playing time is pretty safe. Like this is a Rangers team so. that has told Odor and Elvis Andrews that they're not guaranteed playing time because they want to play the youth. Um, yep. And so I think they're just gonna let. And I mean, he defensively he's good. So like, exactly. Even yeah, if he struggles helps. at times, uh, I think they'll let him play through it. Which means even the downside is you know, uh, I mean, the, the downside is like. Gerard Dyson esque line or Rajay yeah, Davis esque just... line where it's like, okay, he only hit five home runs, his average sucked, but I still got twenty five stolen bases out of the day. Exactly, it feels like twenty five. You know, ultimate downsides obviously like health and they don't play. But if he's playing, I really think that you're getting twenty five from Leody Tavares. Um, so yeah, we really like him, and I do worry about a big shoot up in ADP. But if he if he moves up to his min as his ADP, that's one sixty two as min right now um, since December first. That's right by Victor Robles, and I'm fine with that because then I just take one of the two. Um, so that, that that works there. All right, let's finish off with Victor Reyes, uh, and then we got uh, the other groups will be for Thursday. With it, uh, we'll add in some others as well. But uh, Detroit Tiger, 
Rule 5 guy who's panned out. You know, he's been pretty good for them. And now he's he's a piece. He's somebody that they're, that they're definitely relying on uh, as somebody who can be part of their future. 26 years old. He's played a decent chunk each of the last three years since being drafted. Awful, uh, awful in 18, but then has shown some stuff in 19 and 20. And you kind of add those two up. It's 505 plate appearances with seven homers, 17 steals, 293 average. So he doesn't seem to run quite as much as somebody like a Tavares or Robles, but the 293 average is better than anything they've been doing. So do you sacrifice some of that speed to get better better hitting? And, and do you believe in, in what Victor Reyes has done at the dish thus far? I do and I don't. Um, I mean, he... Like, uh, his XBA was 287. So, I mean, and I think and that... 277 last year. So. Yeah. So, so, those are solid. Yeah, it's solid. And, like, but guess what his O-swing is? So, you're making me guess. I'm going to say something like 38%, like too much. 44%. What's his O-contact? 65%. That's, I mean, that's like, and I mean, previously it was 70, you know, almost 75% wow. contact. So like he dude's going to swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and likely he's going to make a fair amount of contact. I do worry that maybe there's more whiffs in his future. Um, and does not walk. He does not know how. No, he's up there to swing. Yes. Um, but there is, there's enough power in the profile where he's not just, you know, a slap dick prospect type dude. Um, mm-hmm. and Loves that triples alley in Comerica. Yeah. That, that, that right center cavern there that just allows him to run for days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's like, um, I don't know, 10, 20 guy with like a 260 to two. I mean, it's going to be like, it's a wide range kind of average profile, like where, I could see him hit 280. I could see him hit 260. Neither would surprise me or anywhere in between. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's like a pretty safe floor. Uh, I don't know that that's a huge ceiling. I think that's fair. I, th- I think that's that's fair with regards to Victor Reyes. Um, I kind of wish they'd let him run more. That's not really been a Tigers thing. We'll see. You know, Garden Hire retired due to health. Hope everything's good with him. Um, you know, with a week left, so we don't know what a new regime's looking like. AJ Hinch coming in. We know I mean, that Hinch didn't run in Houston either. So, well, that was his. That wasn't his choice. So that was their what what they had in Houston. I think that Reyes will be allowed to run within reason. You said twenty. I think that that's fair. With an upshot of maybe 25, 27. Even though he has the the speed for 30 plus, I just don't know that we get there because yeah, I I, I think that uh they just don't like to run as much in Detroit. As as this front office, I think they'll you know, they'll tell Hinch, yeah, you know, it's just like Houston. We, we only run with certain guys and we don't run that much. So that will hurt Reyes's upside. But like you said, he's got a little bit of punch. Not nothing crazy, but enough that you're not getting single-digit homers. I think in a full season, we should be getting uh, teens homers, and then hopefully twenty-something steals. He got he has a twelve seventeen uh, steamer projection, but that's only in one hundred and thirty games. I think he plays 
more of a full season. So you can bump that up to like, what'd you say, 15, 20? I think that's, I think that's right on. I think that's right yeah, on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say 10, 17. Um, okay. You know, I am a little worried. Maybe the Tigers aren't going to run as much. And so that kind of limits the upward mobility. They were tied for like the fourth fewest steals in baseball as a team last year. Part of that, though, is not having anybody who can really run. That's true. So you have to wonder if if somebody like um, like Reyes, Nico Goodrum, I don't know uh, Willie Castro's speed, but you know Goodrum had seven. He was seven for eight. Reyes had eight. He was eight for ten. Nobody else had more than one, and that's because they've got a bunch of slugs. You know, Jonathan Scope, Jaime Candelario, Miguel Cabrera. You know, Miguel Cabrera had one of those ones by the way hilariously enough but do they let the guys fell down (laughs) (laughs) do do they let the guys who actually have some speed do their thing or do they really just kind of keep a yellow or red light on everybody i think that's what we're gonna have to find out from i think they're an opportunistic base dealing team like they 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 find a good matchup on a, a pitcher or catcher that they like um you know they're really looking to just get one run late in the game type situation i don't think they're going to be a team that like they're not going to be a team like the orioles were were a few years ago where they had like 12 total stolen bases yeah for a season but i also think like they're probably in the bottom third in terms of team stolen bases next year i think that's fair i think that's fair and uh yeah willie castro is is pretty speedy himself so we'll see if they let those guys run and kind of keep the rest of the team at bay um i think I think the steamer where you're at with Victor Reyes is perfectly fair. I do prefer both Robles and Tavares to Reyes, but I'm if, if I miss both and I still need a good chunk of speed, I can get Reyes. So, all right, that's going to wrap us up here in Outfield Part 3. We have at least a Part 4, maybe I'm probably doing like nine parts, let's just be honest. Because <laughs> we're not even at pick 200 yet. Yeah, no, it's, we got a long so. offseason still. Exactly. We got plenty of time to cover. The hot stove is is icy. So, you know, we, we got things to cover. We will get it done. We'll be back on Thursday talking more outfielders. If there's some moves that come with it, we'll throw those in. Otherwise, it'll be another outfield bonanza. Justin, it was great speaking with you. I'll talk to you in a couple days. Take it easy.